0: This is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than
1: hot takes. The ones who want X's and O's and not talking
0: heads. From the eye in, in the, the sky. sky. Yes. This yes. is Seattle Overload. Yes. Seattle Overload. With your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Let's go! Welcome to the Seattle Overload podcast. It is the film review of the week where Griffin and I will dive into what went wrong. And there's a bit more of what went wrong. And what went right against the Las Vegas Raiders? Griffin is, if you're watching on the YouTube, holding up a drawing of what looks like a very nasty two-back run, which we will we'll get into that. But Griff, overall, the tape, uh, how much cope was there in the tape?
1: Um, it, it It was their first bad defensive game where it felt like the scheme was sound and on the broadcast i thought i saw it felt like there was a prevalence of like oh why are they reverting to stuff that they don't do well in against certain things and there really wasn't upon review they were actually pretty careful with it maddie you talked about before we went live they actually had a lot more tools to their disposal that they used to shore up the issues presented by some of their main things like the change up calls and supplementary calls off of the same looks and um the execution just fell apart, especially in the second half. thought they for the most part, they held up okay in the first half with the problem areas being mm. tricky passing combinations on the rookies predominantly. In the second half, kind of everybody fell apart. Although in the first half, we also had Diggs with some miscues, with some great plays too. Um, yeah, sort of, miscues.
0: sort of. I mean, obviously, Diggs' two interceptions kind of cover up the first half, but... There was a lot of still in the first half. There was weird, like, execution errors and they, they, them just executing better as well. But, yeah, I'm, I'm encouraged by the defence. They actually, you know, they were moving the line a bit. They were they were fire zoning. They were doing things to solve, like, the issues they'd had in the fronts, like the, the C-gap issue, uh, not just putting right. five technique in the bare front, in the sea gap but also moving the line to close the sea gap uh and it worked when they did it right right and then also playing like you know rotating down into middle field close to like encourage the box uh to be run on and then closing that box uh bl- blitzing in the nickel four down looks to again alleviate stress you know prevent the offense because if you just sit in that one front each time the offense is going to have easy blocks and they'll block it more assuredly each time and they'll be very confident and they'll just fit it up easier and easier so you have to change the picture and that's what Seattle did and not only were they changing the picture but they were making it easier for their the guys up front to fit the run so that was big so there are some positives and I felt this is one of the first games actually that I felt they had a lot of like variety in the game plan and the you know, Clint Hurt, and you, you could see sort of where it was going. It wasn't as like basic. I, I think they, you know, they've established what they want to be and they started leaning into some more variety. And obviously, they've had a bye week to look at their tendencies, look at what they were good at. And I think that showed up. It, it's just unfortunate that they're, they got suckered in the big moments. Like the run defense overall was pretty good. Like they got run on when they should have done, like when they, when they, uh, you know they, they posed a light box but then they
1: in the first half especially when they were in when previously we called a problem fret especially against like 21 personnel slash 12 personnel are like mcdaniel's like mm. similar to the lines there with motion um putting a fullback in the backfield um they handled a a large volume of those runs like a high rate of those runs really well and like the linebackers especially were really on top of it like they knew what they were being tasked with and that was encouraging um and i think the linebackers really up in, with the exception of that final play i think for the most part like they were difference makers and toward the positive like they were doing their job with a lot of this um when they when they had problems it almost it wasn't schematic it was really like an individual player up front just absolutely falling apart and you know the the names that come to mind predominantly were Quentin Jefferson and um, LJ Collier Um, but Jefferson probably had the worst game of his football career I've never seen him play that poorly against the run and he's not a dominant run defender um, but he can be fine he can be serviceable right and he was playing like robert and did last year and like lj collier did last year now lj himself also didn't play that great this game he didn't have that many snaps to show how poorly he played maybe but um you know like with a larger sample but i mean jefferson might single-handedly be responsible for like 100 yards almost this game like it was it's linebackers can't do anything when you have your defensive tackle in your lap five yards downfield and you have to fit one of the gaps outside of him. So um, it was horrendous. And then Puna Ford, I was hard on him in the the game recap. I thought he actually played pretty well, but he had two plays that were just like really bad. Like he Mm -hmm. kind of fell apart toward the end. Al Woods didn't have a dominant game, but he was fine. But again, he didn't have a dominant game. So that's that's another piece to this puzzle of, well, why was it so bad when one of your best players, instead of being dominant, who's usually dominant, is merely fine in conjunction in with all the other things around him it's another reason why it, it all comes down um but more positively I mean Brooks has been defending the run well this this year um especially controlling for expectation of what the front and the call is the box count and everything it was really cool to see Cody barton play with like full confidence all game long I really think he only had like two reps where you can nitpick maybe um i mean on the front side of the play on the back side of the play too high one high you know knowing what he needed to key you know how he needed to play because too high one high the, the what you ask of the linebacker can change right but the, the techniques and stuff um he he just pretty much was what they needed him to be and not only was that crucial for this game we can look toward the future with it is that they needed to play base as much as they did this game and needed to play the version of nickel where he's on the field this game so that they could be versatile with their pass coverage um because they like throwing they like getting two by two formations the raiders do and they like getting seams to this to the weak side with their with their tight end now if they had waller this game it could have been really bad and that's kind of what makes the raiders exciting if they keep it together um for this offseason when they get waller in their injunction with devonte adams and Derek carr provided they keep carr and all the rest but um uh they needed Barton out there like we saw with that interception play great play he's it might even have been quarters to that side I, on live I thought it was cover two but it might have been quarters
0: I think it was um, pure cover four I I think it was yeah cover four both sides and they did run a fair share of uh just straight up cover four in this game along with their you know blend of cover two cover four stuff so it's interesting
1: then on that note that they have a coverage tool where they let the overhang carry a seam then um right yeah good point so uh, that's pretty interesting but so they wanted barton out there because if you're playing 515 nickel you're not going to ask Uchana Wosu, or even i mean you probably could ask daryl taylor to do it because he's so athletic but generally speaking you're not going to ask a pseudo defensive lineman to carry seams if so that's why smart offensive minds like um, mcdaniels who maybe isn't a great head coach but he's a smart offensive mind he wants to dictate especially it's the Patriots fashion, right? They want to dictate formation and personnel so that they can get matchups, mm. they can get a free seam, and it's all on the safety and quarters. Uh, in this case. Uh, yeah, and by well, the
0: way, McDaniel's called, called a great game, but we'll get to here. Yeah.
1: yeah. I thought you called a great game. And that's kind of why I was excited by what they did in the first half, especially at least in intention, because they were playing that balancing act between can we have flexible coverage? To match what they're trying to do to us and still say sound or at least even if you're not sound give yourself the best chance to be effective against the run and like on a macro level like it was all working in theory but it's just leakiness here leakiness there and then it all falls apart you know a missed tackle it's like well it doesn't matter if your theory is great doesn't matter if everyone's being assignment correct execution wise you got to make a tackle right um so but moving forward the fact that cody barton can sur- not just survive but thrive in against the run in these circumstances uh, makes them feel more confident to continue to be as flexible as they were in the past game um because like that play he made the that sparked Diggs's interception was a great play and the fact that he can just turn and run with those things those routes like you showed in the chargers game like that's the chargers are a little similar although they do it from pass heavy formations they still like to manipulate you. And Clint Hurd's reaction to that was, our solution is going to be Cody Barton to this structural problem the Chargers present. The solution to the structural problem McDaniels presents as looking at the guys they have available to them in, ba- in balance with the other things they have to take you know, note of is Cody Barton. So the fact that they have him in coverage and he's playing that way against the run is is one thing to take from this game i think that is encouraging
0: hmm. yeah agreed agreed and you know he's earned praise this week from clint hurt and pete carroll so they're both seeing what we're seeing and it's he, he actually spoke as well about how he has been playing more aggressive and it, it was like a emphasis coming out of the bye week for him to sort of start taking his shots and i think now they're sort of understanding the system and generally, other than the big plays, which we'll get to, but generally, I felt there was a bit more cohesion up front. Now, there's just there were just weird moments. Like, I mean, we've we've dealt with one of the issues. The uh, Diggs, he was matched up on a on the running back in the flat. Uh, it's third and five, so he's sort of playing at the sticks he gets done down the sideline gives up the wheel route touchdown Seattle running their bonus fire zone so it's basically just cover three that's unfortunate and then there's weird stuff like you know there's a play where Kobe Bryant blitzes but the D-line doesn't seem to get the call and so they end up with like three guys in the same gap there's little bust between like someone probably should have picked three up and no one did like I just don't know how this keeps happening but then maybe it's just you know they've added a bit more to the game plan this week maybe they're still sort of getting comfortable with that and interestingly Clint Hurt he he won he highlighted the youthfulness of the you know the secondary uh, the the youthfulness in general of the defense Mm -hmm. but He also was, he went towards the fact that, like, they need to sort of reset after they have a bad play and they sort of get into a rut where, like, if they have a bad play or a bad drive, they can't really claw their way back from it. And, I mean, that's an interesting perspective from from him. But, yeah, this this game, it it kind of was, it became endemic, like, the little errors on, on different plays where I think, obviously, you know, McDaniels, he was in imposing stress he'd watched like like they tried that barton interception was a play that tampa bay had tried to run and i think got open and and this was the same deal but obviously barton played it well seattle was ready for it but like he tested them on that like jet motion into the into like the fast three to break their cover three rules which it did again like although you know seattle was able to rally to it so it wasn't terrible but like You know, he'd he'd studied what was beating Seattle and he called stuff. He spent, like, a whole drive spanning, uh, like, uh, four strong with Devontae Adams as the backside receiver uh, and and really worked the Seattle's uh, middle field open coverage rules and who was going to take three up and were you going to leave Adams one-on-one on on the backside or are you going to double him and leave three up open? And then, okay, you're now playing more of, like, a man-like structure. Well, now I'll start rub-rooting... and, and getting into the flat and causing dodgy angles and stuff. Now, yeah, uh, I said we've dealt with Diggs's, one of Diggs' errors. The other one, I think him and, uh, him and Brooks weren't on the same page for that corner route touchdown. We, we spoke about that after the, in our live reaction, but I mean, obviously Brooks expected help. Diggs was playing Adams. They, he, they didn't communicate well enough. That shouldn't happen now again yeah. it's, it's kind of encouraging that you know these are mistakes they're not like getting flat out beat but hopefully they correct them anyway you're you saying
1: well i was going to just gonna say like quarters in the red zone can get really funky especially in the short red zone right because right. If, and they had a fast if, three they had a fast three and because this the quarter safety is almost playing like if you get you don't get verticals or like dig routes, you get slants right so mm-hmm. You, you want to help you want to help your corner or whoever is matched up inside on the on the slot receiver. You kind of the, the safety wants to give help, but then to the trip side, if the mic is also matching the three, he's thinking, I'm gonna build a fence all the way toward the end of the end zone.
0: It was a he's, good beater again.
1: It's a good beat it's a good beater. So if you get something, you know, outbreaking, you know, it's not if you think about the same play call like a double china concept in the middle of the field. You would never have if a mic has all of three, you would never expect that mic to then to take the route all the way to the sideline. Like it never ends up playing out that way. So by virtue of the fact you being on a short, shorter field and that safety might be coming down more downhill on a slant, whatever you get there, that it would be it's just the same principle applies. You're the the mic with inside leverage, then pushing all the way to the sideline. He's at a disadvantage on that route. So there would need to be help there, but then you also understand why Diggs is nailing down. So in effect, like you said, it's a good beater. It's it's something you call. It's something you see against red four, they call it, red zone cover four. Um, so uh, that one's just tough. Um, and yeah, like the, the first play, the first touchdown Diggs gave up, like you said, he's coming from depth to come down on a flat route. It's really awkward to come downhill pivot 180 and then go back toward the end zone like that's just that's tough and I don't know if that was a designed wheel route or not I think the running back kind of improvised um and Carr just saw it but when you know one of your best players Quandre Diggs has a little bit of a rough game in those areas you know it's like well maybe it's just not your day however you want to frame it now the interceptions he made were fantastic plays like you, you, you we we should be raving about those plays in fact like on the on the first one it was a uh, pocket play action and it was like y cross i think um uh, mm-hmm. from under center and digs digs squeezes or he not squeezes, he nails down on the cross because he eliminates all other threats he knows that nothing yeah. is coming and he was
0: Devonte road. adams running it
1: and it's Devonte adams so he digs likes to be aggressive on teams that have a tendency to attack the intermediate middle of the field like like tennessee last year they run a bunch of drift mm-hmm. right or you know, play action digs and digs was his, his normal depth was changing that game. He was playing more shallow. He's playing tighter. So he knows what teams do. So that was, he earned that inter, that interception. That's, that's film study and execution. um And on the field smarts there on the second one. Yeah. Cody made a great play, but like he read that all the way. um And, and, uh, and he came to it also, I think Brooks also contributed to the tip as well because he's the middle hook defender and he sees them given that it's quarters across the board the mic goes strong so brooks continues to like zone drop but then he melts weak with the number three with the running back and he ends up like giving giving the defense layers so there's like a like a line of defenders and he is able to he almost tips the ball himself but outstretched cars having to throw over two defenders. Now car will do that. No problem, but it still affects the throw. Um, And maybe that gave, maybe that affected the velocity on the throw to put just a touch more arc on it, helping Cody, but it was just good team defense everywhere. And Diggs is all over it, you know, coming from the other hash. Right. Um So, I mean, in a lot of these instances, especially the vets came to play with like concept recognition, but then like there was a third and two early in the game, where where um where like Bryant gives up something to the flat where he's, it's called a 2-3 push. So you get a fast three. He has to fall off two. And then as three crosses face, he has to stay leveraged with and go get him. And he's just late to it. Like he just isn't cognizant of that's what's happening. So that's rough. There's the third and fourth. And four. again, that's, that's, yeah.
0: that's what Hurt is saying when there's, there's young players out there. And I think we are starting to see a few more like growing pains every now right. and
1: again. And then there was the other third and four um, combination of Tariq Woolen and Josh Jones gave up that corner route early in the game. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, short yardage is tough when you're a cloud corner. You want to play, I mean, generally normal down and distance. You want to play top down, defend the deepest route first, right? But he has a smash route, so a corner on top of him and a hitch underneath him or a flat route underneath him. And granted that it's short yardage on third down, he – feels moved to squeeze the um the flat route a little bit more because he wants to tackle it and not let them convert um but then that means you could give up the the corner and josh jones is not explosive enough i i suppose to to contest but it's a hard route to contest generally Mm. um so it's just a a tough spot for them to be in so yeah i don't don't know i'd be
0: curious to know yeah well the the big question people have i think is what actually happened on the 86 to yard touchdown run yeah so they gave up a toss run where earlier in the game where it was run to the weak side and they're spinning into like a two deep look after disguising and you know that was an unfortunate one where the tackling just sucked and that they, they, they did have some poor tackling in space in this game that was one of those where it's a good play call but you should make the tackle for like uh they had it at like five or so yards because he still had uh, cornerback force out there, but that was tackling. Now, the 86 yards uh, game winner for Josh Jacobs, that was that—that that was tackling, but before that, they just didn't fit it up right. So Griffin's kind of drawn it up here. And essentially, it, I mean, it was quite clever from the Raiders because they'd been running a lot of uh, wide stretch, so the fullbacks going what would be going wider, and the running back would be going wider. And Seattle kind of got a bit lucky against that; like the fullback got a bit lost going wide. Seattle was able to run it out to the sideline when they were in the too deep look, and they were able to get like pretty good stops along with some of the plays. They just straight up won. Now, interestingly, on this play, the nose tackle, and I think because Seattle was technically. They may have been running something called luggage, where they don't technically—it's not technically a bear. Uh, it wouldn't be the same. Basically, the nose tackle shades, and they—they they shade the coverage to the, the threat, which is Devonte Adams. So it enables them to play a cloud more often to Devonte Adams than the other receiver. So it's not always going to be quarter quarter, half. However, in this look. Where the the uh, big eighty-six yard game-winning touchdown run happens, Seattle's in quarter-quarter half, so it's exactly the same as the, the tight wheel six stuff we spoke about. Right. And and as Griffin has drawn up here, the Raiders run ran <coughs> ISO. Now that was a problem for Seattle because the way in which that was blocked up, uh, Cody Barton, he is correct in falling into his a gap, but the way Seattle's fitting it. If you look at drawings of Fangio's uh, eagle six, which is the same looking front, that linebacker fits the A-gap because the nose tackle shaded into the other A-gap and the way that they blocked it was the centre and the guard doubled the nose tackle and then looked to work up to Barton. The cutback is still a threat. Barton has to play it and the running back's path is tight. So, Barton still has to play it. Now... The front side kind of deal, which was going on, is Brooks took on the, the fullback and he spilled the football. Because the way Seattle fits this is they have Barton as the backside kind of lever player, but he has a gap. Then they have Brooks, who he has technically the C gap, but he's more like a spill run through player. And then the outside help is supposed to be. Quandre Diggs fitting kind of the sea gap also but I mean it's it's more it's more he's just the front side turn back player he's the outside help
1: that's where geometry gets you
0: that's where geometry gets you but that's how Seattle has done it in the past is how uh Mr. Bo Pelini he he did it and obviously he's been influenced by Pete Carroll over the years A, a big part of his thing is sort of Constantly saying that a too high safety is the front side lever player or the backside lever player, anyway. So, what happened was Brooks spilled it and he took it on pretty thick. And interestingly, P. Carroll wasn't talking about that play in particular, but he was just talking about Brooks. And He said, Um, hold on, what did he say? Oh, yeah, linebacker, he said, Linebackers get in trouble when they get. Because linebackers, when they get in trouble, they get out of position. And sometimes, you know, he's such an aggressive player. Pete said about Brooks. Now he didn't mention that play, but I think that was the play in his mind because Brooks was so aggressive. He smashed downhill on it. He was saying about how Pete's, uh, how Brooks still has a bit to learn. And I think it is sort of like, you know, his aggression sometimes does get him in bad spots. And but he still spilled the football. It was just, it was just a bit wide, a bit thick, and it did, it, it didn't fully uh fully really do well, it now
1: it did it it did hit inside him so he ends up losing the the block yeah, on the yeah, fullback yeah, yeah. He, and, he got he got getting turned. out
0: yeah yeah so he did so, it.
1: but i think sorry go ahead go ahead and finish your thought
0: well yeah, yeah you had a thought yeah so basically then clint her interestingly he he said that the having a solid fit with the outside backer in the corner was the the important part and then he said obviously the the two high safety defense the ball should never go for eight six yards because the two the two high safeties should come up and one of them should make the tackle right which was Josh Jones who took a terrible angle but you were, you were saying about Brooks
1: yeah well so it, I think first we start with well, like you have already started with when this this you've got seven blockers so eight gaps and then initially in the box you have seven defenders so so when you're when you're outnumbered in the box you then have to make a decision either you are trying to fit the run with only seven primary run fitters against eight gaps so that means someone has to two gap or the defensive lineman one gap and then the linebackers have to play a two gap technique where they would have to like flow with the or track and stack the flow and then fall back if necessary like they're just basically both the two of them are handling three gaps basically um or you can pretend like time and space and numbers and arithmetic doesn't exist and you just pretend like this quarter safety right here he's a primary run fitter so if there's lead action toward the wide tight end like you were saying maddie that he's you just pretend like he's in the box the whole time and he would take on the front side shoulder of of a of a fullback you know on paper in theory brooks the inside shoulder and then barton right there so you're pretending like you're fitting the run from too high while you're playing gapped out one gap principles meaning you've got eight defenders for eight gaps or seven defenders for seven gaps so on and so forth um in this instance because because digs gets picked off like you were saying the corner He would need to fold in or replace Mm. and he would be right there to make the tackle, but he doesn't. He he stays
0: outside, yeah. He stays
1: tucked outside with Noosu and now they've got two extra
0: defenders. But I think Nuosu I think should have um the way the way that all played out and the communication they had pre-snap. I think Nuosu should have just made got an inside move in there. And In which he's went, done he, a lot of this year he does, does tons of yeah
1: i think the problem though is that he, they were like you were saying they were expecting some toss
0: or zone lead zone stretch mm-hmm. so he's thinking i need to just set a hard edge and they would had a lot of that this is the first time they saw an iso run out of this look they they had iso from a like a fake 20 personnel technically it would have been 11 but they had yeah. it from that and seattle fit it brilliantly because they had uh lever spill lever um the cover three kind of look in there. Right. This now, though they had not seen and I think they just they just got, got. One one last thing though I want to say though, because they I think
1: what comes down to Brooks playing this getting caught and playing this the block not well. He doesn't play it wrong per se. He doesn't play it well is really I think the operative term here is that because they're trying to play gapped out from too high, you often have the way you engage the a blocker from the second level, you take it on more thick, so to speak. So you try to get more square down the middle, and then work to the leverage that you need to, as opposed to
0: something hurt. shouldering Spoken the guy. Well, by the way. Yeah.
1: So like they have plenty of examples this game, where they're gapped out, or or Brooks is the the front side lever defender, even if they're too high against stretch. So he can play more aggressively and like shoulder rip guys or speed rip guys. And he was thumping guys doing that. And he had no problem getting the, the proper leverage because this came more downhill at him. And he's the spill defender in this case. He's trying to take it on thick so that you can buy time for that the safety coming from depth to come down and play. Even though you're playing gapped out, he doesn't get to play as aggressively as he normally would. And I think he also was thinking, because he gets wide at first. He gets wider than he needs to. I think he's also thinking in his mind, some sort of stretch play or toss play. Yeah. Yep. So he gets too wide and he gets out of position and then goes, "Uh-oh, I now I got to play my technique." So he kind of he kind of just shoulders him through the middle as opposed to the guy's inside half. And then he just gets his feet messed up. And then the the tackle, the 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 fullback doesn't even block him per se. He just turns, which effectively blocks him cuz it's a game of leverage. But he doesn't like move Brooks's body per se. And that's just the angles and the way he takes it on and the mindset of you know it it messes them up and iso really was a great change up to the lead and toss plays they were running right or the zone lead stuff um i think all in all though the issues they had in the run game as far as like how do you solve it other than like individual players up front play better like they have been playing prior to this point Maddie, you said this i think that they just they keep the same structure the same schematic identity and all the beats and everything but they just spin down into cover three from those looks slightly more often mm. as often as they feel like they need to to not just get the numbers right but then let individual players then play faster because again you're allowed to play more aggressive when you're gapped out versus when you're out gapped regardless if you're trying to fit it gapped out or out gapped. so
0: right. I don't know. and you know what like there's there's two big runs And then as Cody Barton said, if you take them out, which obviously you can't play games like this every week, but if you take them out, the run defense is okay from an average perspective. Like they they did fine. It's just, and yeah, it's just, it's just bad execution. And I mean, hopefully it finally fixes itself. It's just, it's a bit crazy how it uh, seems to happen every time. The other problem they had was they got, Got on third down. Like they just they just got, got on third down and the balance of the Raiders offense didn't help. Like there was a lot of kind of you know third and sixth and under, which is like that cutoff point for well, it's it's sort of manageable, right? And you know, I, I'm not sure what their cutoff point is exactly, but they can still
1: uh they they, they have more. Run it a bit. They have more things up their sleeve on third down that they can trot out when they think that there's a mismatch problem.
0: Yeah. Um. um and, and, and I th- you know, Seattle kind of got worked on third down in this game. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's really disappointing because the last time they faced a team that has Devontae Adams when not a whole lot of talent surrounding him, in this case, due to injury, was the Packers game last year and their game plan was really solid. Again, I especially their third down game plan. Um but I, I suppose we're gonna see more things to give individual defenders more help in the future. I don't know if that means like more straight two man. I thought um, they
0: did I thought they did a fair bit of that though. Well not yeah, two man but like right. I felt probably I felt right. they did like a lot of I don't they, even they know need, what more they could have done. They just car like car I think think we could see more
1: I think we could see more Robert cover one Robert yeah there's like like a
0: bracket on Adams once I think Mm -hmm. yeah
1: but also just to get like when when it it takes them the younger guys out of situations where it's gets complicated because in cover Mm -hmm. ones I just have my guy and then but then also like we've said they can have issues or Kobe more so one when because it's so hard mm-hmm. in the slot, especially for Ricky, that's where you can play, you know, I think you, you middle rotate the safety more. I yeah. don't know. We'll see.
0: For me though, this was like overall, like it's a good game for them in, in, in the future in that the, this was important for figuring out, you know, their schematic buckets. Like we need to do a bit more of this. We need to do a bit more of that, uh, you know, your min-maxing or your favourite phrases. But, you know, the, the addition of – well, not the addition, but the the added uh, fire zones and line movements and, like, tools to alleviate stress was there. They just had two kind of nightmare things uh, fitting the run. And then, I mean, the, the passing stuff, uh, McDonald's just called a heck of a game, car played great. And Seattle just couldn't quite get stuff going in the in the pass rush. I don't know. I mean, if they make the playoffs, that will be the sort of game that they that you know this game could happen again from a like they can't get off the field and third down. If you a know, team plays imbalanced, but um, they they're just lacking like a good edge rusher opposite Noizu really, which is what we yeah. said live. Like that, that's gonna hurt them like Taylor yeah. needs to warm up or it's not going to happen so
1: right right um i agree that was the other element of this game pass rush and when the pass rush rule was okay like had a re- good moments um car just mitigated it i mean he was yeah. awesome in the pocket and he was awesome in the pocket against the broncos mm-hmm. the previous week too
0: so i should say um mike jackson actually played really well against in his reps against adams nice and Tariq Woolen was kind of not thrown out at all, which I it'll be interesting to see if that's a trend or not. But the one play that I have him being thrown out other than overtime was he like anticipated a Matt Collins dig route before it even broke across, which is like really special. He undercut the heck out of it in cover of uh, three techniques. So he's he's doing things. So that's, that's good. cool. That's, that's great news. They just need a bit more pop up front anyway. Right, so Griff, offense. offense, and honestly, uh, it's almost easy to to get comfortable with how good some of Gino Smith's uh, throws are. But in this game, yeah. he had like some crazy throws, like ridiculous throws. Like you know, it's easy to to say it's a bit of a I'm not sure it's true. The... But if it was if it was Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, it would be on Sports Center. Like he's throwing over hook linebackers. <laughs> like he's like. yeah effortlessly hitting the scene he's coming backside and rifling into intermediate windows like he's making some crazy good throws which i mean good for him
1: he's he's getting his the money's worth out of out of the pocket too even after like previous plays where everyone got beat like he's not giving up on them Mm. the, the the protection um like just almost for the sake of the exercise like work the pocket as though you're gonna have a pocket every time like that's his mo um he he hit down the sideline three perfect balls one was interfered with um it was well defended i wouldn't have called interference unless i missed something uh but it was still like perfect location it's really cool that yeah no i agree like i didn't even bat an eye at some of it or just like used to it now like it's just a thing now like i'm not it's like brilliant. every time i'm like oh wow he keeps doing it it's not a son of fluke like this is gino now um and he wasn't Perfect. He had some weird misfires toward the end of the
0: game on those zippy balls um, mm-hmm. to Tyler Lockett. Yeah, they're, they're a bit worrying to me because obviously, you know, we, we would like him to finish or to win a close one. Now, he has done that, but... Well, he put to together...
1: He did give him a go-ahead lead,
0: though, late. He did, he did. So it's apart. just like... Yeah. And I think he started the game a bit angsty because he was getting, like, watching this back, he was get the pocket was getting moved like
1: they were not winning
0: at all and that was actually pass rush
1: only damian lewis was the only
0: person holding up
1: right all the other four were getting beat um in different ways too Um, which
0: then raises the question like i don't know why they didn't chip and chip release the back more and you know because they've done that in the past like they've, they've used more seven man pro six man uh, yeah. pro. But this game, it felt that was lacking a bit, which is kind of wild when they are struggling so much up front. And, you know, Gino is having to make stuff work. And also the Raiders' corners, like they were not covering Metcalf and Lockett deep down the field. Like the, Gino just needed a bit more time to access some deep stuff. Like there's plays where deep stuff looks to be coming open, but he couldn't quite get well, it there in time because... The, the the they just didn't have the time in the pocket. The, which, the pre- I mean, five man pass pro is difficult anyway.
1: The prevalence of
0: empty, even
1: right, where like the the defense knows you're in five man pro, um, and they With motion like, like, out
0: and and like I get empty, but
1: yeah, and so but then Gino was good in empty though too was the. He i is. mean some of his best plays were in empty. Yeah. this game um i just felt so, they left
0: the me on the bone in like the downfield passing game and i felt they agreed. could have made their protection easier
1: like agreed now on that note though it's cool that they achieved what they wanted to achieve downfield look wise and stuff because granted they did hit some fade balls they um they used a lot of the the full house pistol looks or pony personnel right and and getting that that um that Raider um, Graham defense, Patrick Graham's defense, um, which has troubled Seattle before. Um, they were able to get the clear one-on-ones outside, even when they were in too high. So that was that was cool that they were able to manufacture that, that they used 12 personnel to great effect. Now, I think their game plan for helping the protection this game was the prevalence of empty, or, or I'm sorry, the prevalence of quick game. Sorry. Um, and they were, Gina was able to access the second level in quick game. And, and and hit and hit the um the first level as well, which is what quick yep. games meant for. Um, so I mean, they scored twenty seven points. They they were able to move the ball. They scored twenty seven points with two turnovers. Um, so with, with the fumble and the interception. Um, so like like this, I th- I thought all in all, the offense had a good day for the most part in terms of, you know, being able did, to move the ball, right?
0: Am I missing something? I thought they scored 34 points.
1: Oh, did they score 34? Yeah, it was 34-40. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, they scored 34 points and and you know, Gino didn't have his best game, but he had a good game and, you know, the protection was getting eaten mm. half the time. And um, the other thing
0: which didn't help Griff was the run game. Now, I've been seeing uh well, so so I don't think there's one answer. I think it's a combination of factors, obviously. It's not like a black and white thing. But um, interesting, Pete brought up on the radio that they had a power call that for a second looked a little cloudy and then Ken stuttered his feet. He said, he just didn't see it. Which like, I then saw that play and was like, oh, that's interesting Pete highlights this because it is one of those where if Ken just hits it, it, it goes for yeah. a score but like it's one of those where if you're rapidly fast forwarding through the film you might be like oh just stuff drawn." but the lane was there and and I think I don't know what's your assessment of Walker first up Griff
1: yeah I mean he has he has problems with reading plays out you know on the fly it's sometimes he reads it too well to a fault and he ends up m- dancing in the pocket more, or not in the pocket, dancing behind the line of scrimmage with extra steps because he'll see, you know, just a flash of the other team's jersey in the gap and think, oh, that gap's canceled. But then sometimes he'll want to work back to that gap. So he'll press to the other side. Yeah. yeah but the way he leaving. presses is so overdramatic, though. Yeah. He, it's like do a subtle, like, like, instead of pressing backside, press the butt of your lineman and then bounce it.
0: Because it's he so just, overdramatic, he almost he like run he runs the the space out. He 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 yeah. it is is uh it's almost heavy handed. Like it's uh, there's no subtlety to it. He's yeah. like bashing the keys. <laughs> now
1: now so so Nate Tice because he loved Ken Walker watching him in college, he described him as controlled chaos, and mm-hmm. I think he's always going to be chaotic, but it will work with more experience so he just needs to learn nfl game nfl speed and everything what he can and can't do and his style will translate i mean obviously
0: this was going on in the the games where he had like big rushing totals as well it just so happened that that actually ended up setting up defenders later down the line like and you know he he some of it worked a bit better you know and I, i do think one thing is teams are really really telling that backside. Uh, edge defender like you know squeeze down the line because he's going to cut back to you and he like will do the heavy-handed thing see that guy there and then he'll try and run back into the, the lane he's left which was there yeah. and it's like it's gone now like it's the end yeah. can't do stuff like that
1: yeah. yeah so like he needs to look at some propositions where he knows he's only getting three to five yards depending on how he pushes the pile and just to kind of accept it like just get north right Um, but you don't want to beat that into him too much no no because you also it's a delicate balance um now the easiest way to solve this is just to have better blocking too (laughs) that would help because the blocking was poor it's it's only like what we just talked about was in the few examples where the blocking was good he didn't really take advantage of it now maybe it's hard for him to know what to trust and what not to when that's so poor outside of it you know it was inconsistent it's give and take. And but they, were um, kinda,
0: they just lost up front, didn't they? Billings had a few uh nice plays where I think he'd probably studied what like how often Blythe executes down blocks and he sort of beat him across his face and they had a good stunt going on. I thought Blythe like, had two bad plays, but then the rest of the interior struggled, the exterior struggled, Crosby set edges great against Abe Lucas. Like, yeah. Um They need a trade for him, man. I don't care. They need to okay. Tr- trade for Crosby. Right trade there, we go. The Anything else, drift on the offense? Um, no.
1: I think they just need to stay the course. And I mean, like, I really thought there were a lot of cool schematic things this game. Um, like more, a little bit more gun running again. Like they're they're hiding tendency everywhere. They still passed a lot, you know. So they're like they're they're being chameleon like. Um, formationally which is cool because then that defenses can't track down tendencies on them so
0: um yeah always useful yeah right so griff next up is the rams and ty and i have already previewed uh their injury situation and the fact they're missing matt stafford Wolford, alan robinson your guy Cooper Cup of the past guy and Aaron moved Donald. On. Oh, you moved on, huh? Well, after that didn't yeah. pan out, you're just like, no, no, he
1: was more, he was more when he was good. That was more of a Russ specific no, thing.
0: Notice, uh, listener, how cutthroat Griff is very, very quick to move on. Hmm. It's always at the back of my mind.
1: Um, yeah,
0: watch yourself, Betty.
1: Hmm. Uh, offense, defense wise, they are facing the defense they faced quite a few times this year they're facing their own defense really um
0: with a bit more too high and a bit more for dry right?
1: <laughs> yeah and and much less man like like they are almost completely zone. Hmm. um so Pete i don't Carroll
0: think had an interesting sorry Pete oh, oh, had an ahead. interesting t- statistic that they've given up the least amount of explosives in the run and pass game really yeah, which is kind of crazy, which is a run of twelve yards or or more and a pass of sixteen yards or more.
1: That's bizarre because I came across a stat that like contradicts that a little bit. Oh, it was, it was very it was contextual. It was it was specific to something, and mm. I think I it was it. like I think it was like something that was really damning of Bobby Wagner, even though his PFF grade is like Ooh. the best linebacker in the league. Oh but it's like it's like the number of explosives on balls caught between like zero and fifteen yards over the middle of the field. Now that does not necessarily mean that's on Bobby Wagner because it depends no. totally on the call, of the formation. But that is his well, general area to
0: me. Uh, and also is explosives my
1: on runs in between the B gaps, so B gaps and A gaps, very oh. specific. But someone sent that to me, mm. and I was like, oh wow! And they were they were they said. Bobby has not been good on tape because they watch the Rams a lot. Despite yeah. his grades being very right. high, right? So
0: they were digging for that. Uh, to me, that confirms also like more. It's more about the calls they're calling to keep Bobby from having to run vertical with someone. Like he is in the low hole or pushing yeah, From what I've on seen, they don't ask him.
1: Play. They don't ask him to do
0: anything. No, no, he's just sort of out there. Which, um, I mean, he's good at diagnosing runs and right he's a bit slow he's good at shedding blocks still like he's good at feeling and the, the play and he's obviously got a wealth of experience and and quality football behind him but team leader all that he doesn't really do anything um <laughs> yeah i he's mean very... have a great game and force like five fumbles but yeah i've said this yeah. but
1: um so because they, they because they don't play a lot of man i don't i think they'll just keep dk on the left side um, or cause, cause Ramsey's a left, left side corner. Um, Ramsey or, or he, but he's also having a bit of a down year. He's, he's busting a lot of zone assignments. He is. Um, cause he's trying to make plays that he shouldn't be trying to make. Like just that play. You know? Yeah. So I wonder how they handle that, you know, half quarter quarter, there will be a one-on-one on the weak side. Um, cause they play so much half quarter quarter and then they spin the cover three. So, um, we could cover three so i'm i wonder if i don't know i'm curious to see what they throw out there i don't feel like they'll have to use a lot of pistol for like coverage identification purposes i feel like they know what they're going to be in Right. they'll just be can, can you beat it so now I, yeah i suppose yeah. we'll see a lot of a lot of a lot more under center this game with a heavy dose of under center runs that would make um, sense and then by virtue of that a lot of Boot play action as well. Um, what they do in empty will be interesting, hmm.
0: but I look forward to seeing Gino pass over the intermediate against them. Now, on the other side of the ball, obviously they're very injury depleted. I imagine. Now uh, we were asked a question actually by Dan Thompson about. Why Devontae Adams was really open on a certain play. And it was the same thing which came up in the preseason. And I was a bit confused by because it's where a team runs a bootleg to the cover four side of half quarter quarter or quarter quarter half. And so what happens is the cover four corner gets run off. The cover four safety kind of brackets that vertical route. And then two routes come from across from the cover two side and the deep half safety doesn't run with it and the cloud corner doesn't run with it. And so then you're asking your nickel, your vertical hook player, and your middle linebacker to flow outside with the run fake and then try and get back across with with the pass and the race routes coming back across the middle. And with Bryce Perkins under center, I imagine that's what McVay will try and get into that kind of deal as well. Now, the way Seattle plays it is they ask I mean, in in an ideal world, the linebacker takes the shallower, the shallower um, the route and then the nickel finds the deeper one. But Brian and Barton both went for the same one in the Adams example, which if you want to know when that was in the game, I will post it in the I'll post it in the description of this YouTube video. But um, or in the comments, I'll post it in the comments. But I think that's what McVeigh will go for. Just, uh, he'll he'll go for his sort of you know get Perkins moving out in the pocket, run the your bootleg stuff, and uh, yeah, Griff. Um,
1: I agree. 24
0: twenty four, ten Seahawks. Well, ah, you didn't, you didn't, um. You didn't have any knowledge of what the over/under is, what the the spread is. You're crazy. You're crazy. Um, you, you've gone in blind. Do you usually go in yeah. blind? You're a yeah. madman. What What are you doing here? Because so I think the the over/unders is point five, and the Seahawks are plus a uh, 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 five point favorites. I would take the over. I think the Seahawks will win thirty one to seven.
1: That's a new one. Hmm. I'm trying to
0: find the stat man. Oh well Oh, well oh well well thank you everyone for tuning in live. please like the video please comment if you haven't already we see you in the comment section. what's up uh, everybody. thank you for joining and please do review the podcast five star reviews follow Griffin at C Mike Spin move follow me at Mattie F Brown. We appreciate you, and we'll be back on Sunday with hopefully a reaction to the seal from winning again because they've lost three in a row now, and I'm sick of it. And they need to start winning if they want to make the playoffs, and they've got to beat the Rams. Surely this time they can beat the Rams. (laughs) Please. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye.